Hi everyone, welcome to the MRP Tech Podcast. This is episode 188 and this is the weekly podcast discussing everyday tech for everyday people. In this week's episode, what I'd like to do is give you a rundown of some of the things that I'll be working on in my ed tech center at school. And with everything sort of up in the air this year, there is, um, you know, concern of, of how long we're going to be in school. There is an idea of what are what are schools doing as far as the, the pandemic is concerned. And every school district in my area is different. And everything could change within the drop of a dime, uh, whether we're on re- remote learning or if we are uh, actually in session. And if we are in session, it's going to be a, a limited basis, basically. We're doing two different groups in session um, at different times. And I've been thinking a lot about what it is I want to do with my ed tech group uh, at school during this time. A lot of students uh, in the past have, have been really great about fixing Chromebooks and doing a lot of the repair work whether it's replacing a screen or replacing a motherboard or just uh, different internal components on on the Chromebooks. And I'd like to continue that this year uh, and I'd like to develop it a little bit. I had several students last year who were getting quite good at fixing any issues with Chromebooks, whether it was an issue with the battery and replacing the battery whether it was screen replacement seemed to be the biggest thing. Um, And every year it seems we get a little bit farther, make a little bit more progress with that. And I'd like to continue that. And and one of the things is getting more students interested in this particular uh, aspect of computers. And I'm finding that there usually is issues with scheduling as students get older. So it's actually a great opportunity for younger students to get involved under the right circumstances, say say from seventh grade onward, maybe even sixth grade, uh, if there is a particularly interested student, um, especially seventh grade since I'm in the high school, it's, it's easier to sort of recruit at that age and uh, usually have them around for, for a few years. And hopefully by the time they're in high school, they... they um, are doing even more and they're training the next generation. So I try to let students sort of run it themselves for the most part. But um, so yeah, there there is a project that I've always kind of wanted to do with the school and have the students sort of take it over themselves. And, and I usually end up doing more than I probably should. But um, before I go on, if you haven't checked out the more recent episodes, um, I have not put them on YouTube yet. My um, the last three episodes I have not put up on YouTube only because I've been really busy at work and I have not had a chance to uh, edit them down yet. Uh, but I still have them and I will be posting them soon. And uh, thanks to Podnuts for basically whenever I put out a show, they take care of everything. And uh, there's lots of great shows over at podnuts.com. So check out those shows as well. Now, one of the major things that I'm going to be uh one of the major projects this year is a lot of Raspberry Pi work. Uh, we have ordered, I think, four or five Raspberry Pi uh, 4s to replace our older Raspberry Pis that we have and give those uh, other tasks, basically. And previously, what I had done is I had monitors throughout the, in certain locations in the school that uh, basically displayed information to students. And for a while, they were running on Chromebooks, 
but um, the Chromebooks were very, very limited in what they could do. Um, they, they did not have remote access. So in order to do that, what we did is, um, you know, with Chromebooks, you can't even do like a Chrome remote uh, desktop, so to speak. And it always confused me why that is. And I, I'm sure they don't want Chromebooks being used for this purpose. And that's the reason. So what we did is we pulled the Chromebooks from, from these monitors stationed throughout the schools. And we had a few Raspberry Pis. And we just tried on a trial basis, basically, using TeamViewer. And that seemed to do the trick. Um, so the Raspberry Pi 3s were a little bit underpowered for some of the things that we wanted to do. Um, one particular is usually showing a video and uh, it's usually on a loop or a playlist, so to speak. And um, so we, I, my intention is putting the Pi 4 in place of, of the Pi 3 and that should um, give it a little bit more resources to, to pull from. And um, so we're replacing those with those uh, older, replacing the, the older Raspberry Pis with the newer ones. And um, we'll still have some of the newer pies for some projects. Now, last week, one of the things that I spoke about is, um, was replacing our IRLP node. And the, at school, what we have is our amateur radio, radio station um, connected to the East Coast reflector. And what happens is we, we can connect to repeaters all over the East Coast and our amateur radio station is a part of that. And the the idea is getting students involved with amateur radio. Now, that is a chore because amateur radio is not easy to get into if you're not prepared to, to get into it, if you have don't have the, the foreknowledge to get into it. Um, the thing is you have to get a license in order to be able to use it. Now at our school, we have a amateur radio station and I have a license for that station. As long as I'm there, the students can use it. And I really haven't pushed it a whole lot over the last year and a half or so. If students were interested, I would show them. I really would like to get students on air uh, talking to people all over the, the country and that is my my one of my goals this year is to get some more students with their amateur radio license. I also want them to experiment with these res, Raspberry Pis, and um, there are tons and tons of resources online about selecting the right project for you. And unfortunately, a lot of those need peripherals and they cost money. And we're on a very limited basis. Uh, as far as funding goes for my program. So we don't have a lot of things like uh, access to building robots, let's say. Uh, maybe down the road a little bit, it'd be fun to try. But the the resources online are basically unlimited. And that's sort of the, the thing that's, that's really neat about having an ed tech center is, you know, you can easily change directions at any point in time. And whether it's amateur radio or Raspberry Pis or the 10 other operating systems that we're currently running in in our ed tech center. It's about exploration. It's about, uh, you know, self-discovery. It's about building confidence. And one of the great things that I've set up, you know, as far as computer repair or even uh, installing operating systems is that this, if the students are not sure what they're doing, if they break 
the system, they have to learn how to rebuild it. And of course, I'm there to sort of guide them and help them and, and give them the, the right choices. So so we're this year is goals are, you know, Raspberry Pi, building on our, the foundations that we have, the amateur radio station. And um, some guys in the Discord room actually um, turned me on to this. I haven't had a chance to look at it yet. It's called Dragon OS. It's a Debian-based Linux distro with some software-defined uh, radio applications installed. And it's probably similar to, I would say, Skywave Linux that I that I had talked about before in this show. Uh, I don't know what is pre-installed at this point in time. I'm just sort of putting it out there to, to talk about Dragon OS. Uh, if you're interested in like... Uh, software-defined radio or uh, monitoring radio frequencies, that type of thing. Check it out and let me know what you think. And send me an email, mrptechreviews at gmail.com. Uh, as I was researching Dragon OS, I also came across something else that I just want to bring up on the show. Uh, again, I have not tried this. It's called SIGINT OS. Uh, it's a signal intelligence operating system. Uh, it, As the name suggests, SIGINT is an improved Linux distribution for signal intelligence. Its uh, distribution is Ubuntu-based, and it has its own software called SIGINT OS. With this software, many SIGINT operations can be performed with a single graphical user interface. Um, so very similar to Skywave Linux, again, capable of RTL-SDR, software-defined radio. And I'm curious... Uh, about this. My only concern is in the about section, it is, I believe it's out of Turkey, which isn't really, um, isn't really what concerns me. I just don't know enough about the OS to say, hey, go ahead and try this and put this on your system uh, safely. So um, it does have the information on the developer uh, on the web page, and it's I'm I'm just interested in in trying it out and see how it compares to the other amateur radio Linux distros out there. Now this isn't amateur radio specific; it's more about monitoring uh, signals. So again, though, it it uh, is something that just has happened across my path earlier today. So basically, the idea is with with this year's group is normally I do like a field trip once or twice a year to. Uh, expand their horizons. Maybe we go to a college and talk about uh, computer sciences, or maybe we take a field trip out to uh, an amateur radio tower or that type of thing. And in fact, I had some ideas about uh, visiting some hydroelectric power dams in, in my area and getting tours of those, or maybe a tour of a, uh, a factory or a plant that is in our area that would, would kind of be cool to for the students to take a look and, and maybe discuss some engineering type things. Um, but unfortunately, because of COVID, those plans are sort of limited at this point in time. So I don't really know exactly if field trips are going to be the best option this year. However, you know, we can get into, you know, the more virtual field trips. You know, Google has a lot of those to offer. Get into that type of thing. And Really, it's the goal this year is take what we have and build upon it rather than introducing a lot of uh, new things at this point in time. I really want to get students involved with Linux. They seem to like it at first when they were trying things out, and then they sort of get preoccupied with other things, and 
their Chromebooks does it, do everything that they want to do as far as schoolwork, even though they're very limited power-wise. So uh, there's always the option of uh, starting a school podcast or something like that. Uh, but I've found in the past that a lot of students tend to be a little camera shy, even if it's audio-based. I would love to get some uh, students who are interested in uh, in the media, that type of thing, talking on air, doing a school podcast. I think that would be really fun. But, uh, you know, there's, there's so much uh, to so many possibilities as far as what we can do with what we have. I remember first starting out the, this group, this, <laughs> this group, and we had a monitor and a Chromebook in our, in our room on a sitting on a, a, a folding table. And um, we sort of grew from there, basically coming from donated computers and, and um, old computers that were no longer in service at the school and just have, have built up over the years. And, and, it's kind of neat to see the the turns along the way that have happened. And most of the focus has been with Chromebook repair. But once I get everything like turned on and, and I have all the screens running and I'm, and you know, really showing the kids what is, what that room is capable of doing. The, the idea is for them to come up with creative ideas and on their own of what they want to do. And then we try to find solutions to, to those those needs. And so this year, instead of hardware-based things, I want to do more software-based things. So using open source applications, you know, whether it's audio editors or video editors, um, I keep telling myself this, this is something that I want to do. And um, this year would be a great opportunity to to do that. You know, we have all the hardware in place and now it's, it's finding the applications and um, teaching students that they do not need to spend thousands of dollars on software that there are alternatives that are, you know, perfectly usable for their needs and they don't need to illegally download software, that type of thing. Showing them the open source route rather than um, the means to find illegal software. And hopefully that sticks with them as they continue on. And, and, And more often than not, you'll find that students take things farther than you ever expected to and that's kind of what I'm hoping happens this year. And with the um, spec bump in the Raspberry Pi 4, I think that will entice them to to uh, want to spend more time with it. The Raspberry Pi 3s, and, I, and I'm not even sure if I have a, a 2 or 2B in, in our room or not. I couldn't remember. Um, but it just seemed like quite often they would overheat or they would, even with the... Um, you know the even even with everything that comes with the Kana kit installed on them, um, they would often overheat or freeze up. And my experiences with Raspberry Pi four so far have been pretty good, um, and they're very easy to use. So I I'm hoping that um, the students will will pick up on it and and find some real fun things, whether it's programming. Or, or just playing Minecraft on there, um, you know, the special version of Minecraft. So that's my plans for the EdTech Center for this year. Um, nothing amazing, but just iterating on on what we did from last year, and 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 hopefully, uh, maybe it will help students, uh, you know, get through this pandemic a little bit easier, giving them projects to work on. Yeah, that's of course if we're in school and in session and that could change at any point in time. Right now we're scheduled to start around September 8th. Uh, 
I'm not sure if that's going to happen at this point in time. So uh, a lot of other schools are being pushed out to October 5th at this point. And um, maybe we can find some virtual programs for them to do. So that's going to be it for this week. It's a little shorter podcast than normal. I apologize for having been recording in the last few weeks. It's just been very busy. Hopefully um, I'll be back at a more regular pace uh, starting this week. So uh, that's going to do it for this time. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.